This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook on this edition of Conversation with the Cooks. Well, I have to be careful on that because uh, the other night, Wendy made meatloaf. And I said, I, I actually called Grandma Cook and I said, Mom, how, what, what's your recipe for meatloaf? Because when he made some, it just doesn't taste the same. <laughs> so not only did I get, Wendy got mad at me, but, but Grandma Cook got mad at me because she goes, you never question your wife on stuff like that. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook. Here we are for our May episode of Conversation with the Cooks. And I feel like it's been a while. We recorded early on in April, so we released April's episode early on and then we are recording later in may so i feel like it's it's been some time since we were behind the mic so we're going to start by recapping just what's happened over the last month month and a half because a lot has happened even though we were all in quarantine or supposed to all be in quarantine so first of all where the heck are you what are you doing with all your free time and when was the last time you shaved shaved on sunday Today's Tuesday. Today, Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. We don't even know what, through this, I forget, I lose track of what even day of the week it is. <laughs> no, it's today, Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, Lauren. Oh, it is. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, today's Wednesday. It's May 20th. It's your grandmother's birthday. Have you called her yet? I have, and we're going to talk all about her later okay. in the podcast. So don't, don't spoil that yet. So st- stick to the questions, to answering the questions I'm asking you. Okay, uh, so currently right now I'm sitting in your brother's house office in Victor, Idaho, which is right on the Idaho-Wyoming border, and it is sleeting outside. It's supposed to snow tomorrow, um, and I've been up here for a few weeks uh, helping uh, build a house that we're building. Um, I volunteered to come up and be a grunt laborer, so <laughs> I'm cleaning up, putting stuff away. I, I learned how to rip, they call it rip wood on the saw. I've hand sawed, I've put up uh, insulation. And um, so anyway, I have 18 to 25 year old kids telling me what to do. And I just follow them around like a little puppy dog and do whatever they want me to do. So loving it and get to work every day. And um, so uh and get something done and then your brother and i have been actually also uh cutting down some dead trees and cleaning out some aspen groves so been some hard work there and and uh, yesterday we decided to go on a uh, big bike ride so um rode 35 miles that's a little bike ride for you you two (laughs) For, well, Taylor went 46 miles because he went all the way to the top of Grand Target Ski Area. So okay. I, I didn't go that high. You pack your own lunch every day when you go to work? Oh, yeah. There, yeah. There's no training table? Well, you know the bakery here at 460. It's unbelievable uh, up in Driggs. So you get that bread, almond butter, uh, strawberry jelly, some chips, a kombucha. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had to buy – you showed up the first day, right, and you're – they're telling you what to do and you didn't bring a tool belt. It's like the one thing you need at a job site. So then that night you had to go buy a tool belt, right? That's right. Well, they, I, they said, you need this, you need that. And I go, I don't, I don't have any of that. So 
I took pictures of everything I needed and I went to the lumber store and got everything. Jeez. So you're really, are you doing anything with volleyball right now? Let me just tell you, the boys love it that I'm up there working with them. And oh my gosh. The, the best part about the day is, and this is, I told our, because we, we still have Zoom meetings on Tuesdays are my Zoom meetings and we meet as coaches and our, our performance team. We just, we continue to check in and talk about things. And I told them, I go, listen, these guys that work up here, these kids, they have no anxiety problems. They're not depressed. <laughs> they, they, work, they work four days a week, 10 hours a day. So, and then they have three days off. And so basically at the end of every day, they sit around and have beers and talk about the day. That's their debrief. Everybody's relaxed. They're exhausted. They all go home and then they have three days off. And typically the, this is what they do. They go shoot guns, fish. Most of them have boats. They go on the Snake River or they mountain bike. And that's their weekends. And of course, everything's been closed up here. So they can't go out really. So uh, that's what they do. So you said you're at Taylor's house, my brother, the favorite child. We should just call him that. Is he around? Uh, he's, he's working in the kitchen. I was so. hoping he would pop on here. We could get, uh, since we're recording this through Zoom, so we have video, we could get a space on the screen and kind of help him out, let everyone know that he's single. And if there's any <laughs> young females watching this on social media, they can reach out to me and I'll happily set him up. Well, you know, he's, he's working right now. He works for Teton County, Wyoming, and he's normally in Jackson Hole working, but, you know, he's working from home. So uh, it's pretty interesting listening to his calls, but I don't know if you saw in his Instagram post, he posted it. it was, yesterday was Caden's birthday, our Irish wolfhound. He posted a great picture and how much wolfhounds mean to him. It's pretty cool. All right, so... Uh, something else that happened that was pretty monumental was the, your graduation speech that you gave. And I like that you found ways to justify why you think Ronnie Green asked you to speak. Because when I first heard that you were giving the speech, I thought, why? I thought the same thing. Like, why is a volleyball coach speaking at graduation? And honestly, I couldn't tell you who spoke at my graduation, but I, I know it was not a coach at Nebraska. And I'm pretty sure the whole state saw the speech. And I know I heard feedback from people who follow me on social media saying how amazing it was. And even though they weren't graduating, they were just so touched by your speech and motivated and pumped up. And uh, I just, I know that was a pretty special opportunity for you, correct? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons in the speech I, I had to validate to myself why they would ask a volleyball coach to do it all the reasons I thought potentially that the reason they asked me to do it, but it was an honor of a lifetime. And, you know, I, I just, I have so much respect for the whole graduation process because as I, I said in that talk, you know, your grandmother and grandfather, I mean, they, they were in high school when I was born. So there was never any talk of college. They never went to college and just knowing what the opportunity to go to college has meant for me and the opportunities has provided me. And then to be able to speak at like a major university uh, is pretty special. And, um, you know, I don't think very many volleyball coaches get the chance to do that. Yeah. I think you're the only one. Did you end up asking Ronnie why he, why he asked you to speak? Uh, yeah. I asked him when he, I said, are you, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> and um, I said, why do you want me to speak? And he just, he, he loves volleyball. He just, he knows uh, how much I'm connected in with the university, with academics and other things going on. I think I've spoken at several of their events, you know, and some of the other reasons I shared, I, you know, I had, I paid a lot of tuition. Both of you guys graduated from Nebraska. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I'm a coach, but I'm still a teacher. I'm a professor in a way. And so I think there's a really good connection there with, and probably pretty much everybody who's graduated has been touched or a part of or gone to a volleyball match. So there's a strong connection there. And, and, I, and Lauren, actually thinking about it, I think it was great because, and I think they should think in the future about instead of having these people come in from wherever, or, you know, nobody even knows who they are, uh, that, you know, do it with people that are connected with these students every day. And like I said, I, I can't remember who spoke at your graduation or Taylor's. And, you know, and I've already, I've gotten so many, so much feedback of people that they're going to remember this. And they said the same thing. They couldn't remember their graduations, but these are parents and, you know, faculty and things that, you know, there was, they loved it. And, uh, you know, I'm afraid to ask Ronnie Green this, but I was hoping to get a, a you know, a doctorate degree out of this. <laughs> so, so I could be like Dr. Tom Osborne, they could call me, you know, Dr. John Cook. So I think you have to go to school for that. Well, no, sometimes when you speak, they give you an honorary doctorate degree. So I really? was kind of hoping maybe, maybe it's because we weren't in person that that got left out. But, you know, I'm, I may bring that up with Ronnie, you know, when you speak, don't you get an honorary doctorate? <laughs> I think Ronnie and his wife listen to the podcast, so hopefully uh, he'll hear this episode and he'll maybe think about giving you a doctorate. Here's what's funny is, I don't know if you saw this, but Ben Sass also gave a graduation speech. I, I don't remember who it was for. I think it was a college or high school. Fremont High School. Fremont High School. And uh, some people were, were saying, well, you, you have and nothing against Ben Sass. I, I mean, I don't know him and I don't really follow politics, but uh, people were comparing and saying, you have the Ben Sass graduation speech, and then you have the John Cook graduation speech, and just saying how much better yours was. <laughs> Who was saying that? I, I think some people on Twitter. You know Twitter. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's comparing and, and saying who does things better, and so that, that's quite the compliment. Yeah, I, I actually I saw some of that and listened to his speech, and I, I thought it was a little awkward. I'm, I'm wondering if he, maybe he needs a psychologist. He kind of maybe, ripped him, but. Maybe you should uh, start meeting with him through Zoom and help him with his speeches. I would be, <laughs> I would be happy to. I just, I think Washington being there does crazy things to people. And um, anyway, but uh, it was an honor and a privilege. And the day after, a couple of days after Ronnie asked me to do that, I woke up like at four in the morning and wrote down a bunch of notes. This, my speech was in my head and it came to me and I just wrote it down a bunch of notes and took it from there. It was, it was a blast. I watched it about 10 times. I couldn't stop. And I've, I've heard you speak and I've, I've heard a lot of the stories that you told and like the three bones and stories about Danny Mancuso and the national championship and Jennifer Salimua, but still it just watching it I, I just got chills and I was fired up I would it almost made me want to go back to grad school <laughs> <laughs> you should yeah no thanks so something else that we did that was kind of cool that I want to touch on is we did with since last month was your birthday month we did a giveaway on social media 
And I added in, I think it was two tickets for the home opener. Who knows if we're going to have a, a home opener this year, but they gave away two tickets. And then I added in and said that we would Zoom with whoever the winner was, do a Zoom call. And we ended up hanging out with Lori and her daughter and she was awesome. And I think we should definitely consider doing that again because it's, she's a volleyball fan and we were able to connect with her and you were able to get face to face with someone who supports you and supports your program. And um, I don't know, what do you think? Maybe we should do that every month. <laughs> well, I, I'd be up for it. I think it was great. You know, Lori's a teacher from way out West, Southwest Nebraska. And um, it, it was fun to learn her story and her connection, but She's a teacher and a bleeds Husker volleyball, like so many people in this state. And I, you know, when I did that, I was sitting in the Rollins parking lot in Driggs, Idaho. So I had Wi-Fi to do it. It was a little shaky, but it was pretty cool. I, I came down from the mountain to go in the parking lot to do the, the Zoom podcasts with you guys and uh, sitting in the parking lot. And grab lunch. So it's not a cool. not a Zoom podcast, just a Zoom call. A Zoom call, yeah, yeah. So uh, so I told the boy, listen, I got to go down and do this Zoom thing with Lauren and, and this <laughs> deal for a deal. They go, okay. Were they like, what's Zoom? Since they're yeah, outside they all day, they know what Zoom is. Okay, okay. So. Well, when you work outside all day, I mean, and you're not in an office and on Zoom calls, sometimes people don't know what it is. Yeah. A couple of the guys that I work with, the young guys are in college taking online classes. Okay. Um, so this is a, you know, they work up here and do that. And another young guy just graduated from college. So these guys are, these guys are dialed in. I don't, I, you know, construction's pretty cool because you, you get to see, and this is the thing I miss if you're going to ask me about this COVID, you know, quarantine thing and everything. The hardest thing is not being able to build each day and create and, and work on building a team. And so this is one way for me not to go crazy is you get to see every day what you get done. I mean, you get something done every day and you get to see it. So it's pretty cool. It's a really gratifying feeling. Yeah, that's powerful. I love that. Okay. So I do have to ask you really quick, just all that's going on with COVID, a quick volleyball update. Um, so first of all, where's your team? What are they doing? Last I saw they were, I think they were all hanging out at a house in Florida together. <laughs> well, that was a big majority of them were. Yeah. Okay. So Sending me pictures of Tom Brady's house. Oh, okay. Did they meet Tom Brady? No, they went on, they took a boat and went around and went by Tom Brady's house who used to be owned by, um, New York Yankee baseball player. I can't remember his name. Derek Jeter. So Tom Brady bought Derek Jeter's house in Tampa. And so, but they, a bunch, most of them went down to Florida because there's a relative of one of our players has a house down there on some island wherever all this is. And so they loaded up in the cars and a couple of them flew and they went down there. And, and I think they're just getting back. They've been down there for about 10 days. So it was a great little break after finals for them to go and do something. Normally in month of May, we're, we let them go. We have, they have a program they do about three times a week. That's kind of their break time. So a couple are in Lincoln. A bunch of them went down there. Uh, a couple of them went home. And then we're hoping that everybody gets back first week in June. And we're actually waiting to hear, I'm waiting to hear any minute right now, if the NCAA allows us to use our facilities starting in June. That's the big key, but they're all coming back for summer school and to work out. If they don't allow you to start using facilities in June, will it be, they'll just push it back a month and hoping July or push it back a couple months or you have no idea? 
we, we have no idea, Lauren. Everything's changing. Literally, it changes day to day. And the Nebraska people will love this, but we had everything set up. Everybody tested and everybody was ready to go here starting Monday. And um, they were all going to be back for that. But and we were going to be able to use our facilities. And then the NCAA last week all of a sudden said, uh, sorry, you can't use your facilities for everybody. I call it the anti-Nebraska rule. So we were one of the ones that, you know, and we've been very proactive and a lot of schools are studying what we're doing because we're on the cutting edge of trying to keep the athletes safe, get them back here, keep everybody else back here safe. We're working with a medical center up in Omaha with the testing and everything, and they're doing some studies. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal, everything that's going on in this. Uh, but I think we're ahead of, you know, 99% of the rest of the country. Well, fingers crossed it'll be June 1st. Last question surrounding COVID is, what do you think about having a season this fall? The latest that I heard is potentially no preseason and just starting when the Big Ten season normally starts, which is end of September, early October, and just playing your conference season. And then I didn't really hear anything about postseason, but I'm assuming that would be up in the air. So have you heard anything? Do you have any predictions? And then if they did play, if you guys do play some sort of a season, would fans even be allowed to the games? Or is it just going to be broadcasted through TV and radio? Based on all the meetings we've had and everything, right now the it's probably leaning toward a Big Ten-only schedule, no non-conference, and maybe we'll, we'll be able to allow to play Creighton, UNO, that are close here, but they don't want anybody traveling, and they don't want what's called cross-pollination, which is meaning if we go to California, to Texas, to Florida – we're going to different schools with different protocols and everything. We're in the Big Ten. Everybody's going to be on the same page. So, And then also the cost containment part of it. Now, that doesn't apply to us because if we can have fans, you know, we make money having matches at home. So that'll hurt us not being able to have those non-conference matches. But that's kind of, I think, where things are headed and in regards to fans, I know they are working. Uh, Matt Davison and our runs our, our events, is working on a plan. And I think there's a, 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 in stages to bring fans back slowly and build it. So they're working on that plan. I don't know all the details of it, but I know the goal is to get, Nebraska wants fans and we want sports and get it back to normal as much as we can to keep everybody safe. So I think there's a stages that they're going to do that in. Um, so that's our hope and what we're working for. And then the, I know the NCAA wants to have the championship. That is a priority. And there's a chance if we do, we could start the season late or we could start it on time and have the championship around Thanksgiving to try to avoid uh, flu season and the COVID virus together. So those are some of the options that are being thrown around that probably make the most sense right now. But again, it, it literally changes. I'll say it almost changes out by the hour what's wow. happening and what's changing. It's, it's been pretty, pretty uh, mind-boggling, you know, everything been thrown around and how the changes happen. Who gives you updates? Is that uh, Bill Moose or are you hearing from a rep from the NCAA? No, it comes through um, – um, well, you can read it nationally that things come out from the NCAA, but uh, Pat Logson's been our liaison with going on what's going on in the within the athletics department. Okay. Well, most of that sounds like good news. So 
hopefully there can be some sort of a season this fall. All right, so now we can talk about Grandma Cook, whose birthday is today. That's your mother. And she listens to every episode. And it's her birthday today. We're recording on, uh, we figured out it's Wednesday, <laughs> May 20th. How, do you know how old she is today? 82. And she's a, she's a rock star. Yes. I mean, she walks every day. She's, we'll get into um, some of the things that she does with her dogs. But, she, I mean, she lives on a little farm and she does it all. She cooks, cooks every night. And, yeah, she, she's, uh, now I know yeah. where you get all your, your toughness from is from her. Oh, yeah. She's, she's when I grew up. You messed up. You were gonna. You were gonna get hit with something. <laughs> a belt. Belt, boots. Oh, jeez. A wooden stick. It didn't matter. But <laughs> yeah, she's tough. You, you didn't mess around with her. But I love yeah, it. she's she's. Uh, I just yesterday she just uh, trained her sheep dog. She has border collies. She's herding sheep. She's raising sheep. She's growing a pasture of grass or hay. She just bought a new, I'll call it a quad runner thing. And it's red. And like an ATV. Really cool. Yeah, ATV, yeah. And I said, what are you getting that for? She says, well, I got to drive over to this friend's house. We go over there and herd sheep. Then we go to this friend's house and herd sheep. So it's, it's just I can haul my dogs and haul everything. And it's just way easier than getting in the car and going. So she's all fired up. That was her birthday present. Okay, so I want to talk about her and then Grandpa Cook as well, who passed away uh let's see i was in seventh grade so how many years that was quite a few years ago it was in 96 i think okay so anyways i I just want to talk more in depth about your family and your childhood and you've told us all the story about you know the lemon ranch and stealing cookies and you know selling vegetables on the side of the road but i want to get just a little more in depth about your parents and what they did for work and how they raised you and just some of the memories that you have of riding motorcycles in the desert and, you know, growing up on a ranch with animals um, for part of your childhood. And I, I believe Grandpa Cook sold, I think, sports equipment or jerseys. Just tell us what they did growing up, how they raised you, and then uh, we can talk about some memories that you and I both have being around them. Yeah, well, uh, my Grandma Cook was, she's 82, and she was 17 when I was born. So they were just surviving. And, but my, my dad was into motorcycles and dune buggies. He, he raised some crops and sold. This is all in Chula Vista, California, which is right on the Mexican border, right across from Tijuana. So it was an agricultural area. And that's why I think one of the things I'm, we connected so well to Nebraska is agricultural area. Now, it's not anymore. It's full of houses now. I think it was... 15,000 people when I was growing up, and now I think there's half a million people that live in Chula Vista. So that's how much it grew. But um, we grew up on motorcycles, dune buggies. Grandma Cook had horses, dogs. We took in rescue dogs. That's how we first got connected with, uh, fell in love with Irish wolfhounds. She took in a, a rescue Irish wolfhound. And after that, I wanted my own. And, you know, now we have, I've had Irish wolfhounds. You've had them. But it was go to the desert camping, go to Mexico camping, go fishing. And, and Grandpa Cook had several jobs. He, was, he delivered blueprints around San Diego on a motorcycle. And then he, he was also a welder. And then he became a Heliarch welder, which he was working at Royal Aircraft Factory, building parts for jets, basically. 
And then when I got into sports in high school, his brother was working for a place called Stanley Andrews Sporting Goods. So it was like Dick's Sporting Goods or Shields back then, the first version of that. And they needed somebody to call on high schools. So he dropped all the welding and all that and went into sports. And that's one of the reasons uh, I think we really got into sports and, and wanted to be a part of that. But he was a sales rep for the high schools in San Diego County. And what was cool was because of Stanley Andrews and my and Grandpa Cook's brother, who was a, he was kind of a manager, I got to go to the first two Super Bowls in the LA Coliseum with, with him. And so that was pretty cool. I got to meet uh, Bill Walsh. I was actually working in the warehouse at Stanley Andrews in high school. And Bill Walsh, the legendary football coach, came in. He was trying to find a gift for his wife's birthday. And so I start talking to – here I am, 16-year-old kid, but I know who he is. And, and Charger, the Charger coaches would come in there. And at, at one point, there was a professional basketball team in San Diego, the Clippers, I believe, who then moved to L.A. So – I got to be around all this sports stuff, which really planted some great seeds for me to want to be in college athletics. When did you guys move from Chula Vista to Julian, California? So when, when all of us graduated from high school, my parents, basically Chula Vista was exploding. They built in a big free, freeway right by our house. And, and that's when my dad said, I'm out of here. And they moved up to the mountains in Julian. But we, was, when we were all finished was high school. Okay. So okay. That's when they decided to get out of Chula Vista. The two memories I have of Grandpa Cook is one, he would always chew spearmint gum. Oh, I don't do you remember, remember that? that? No. It was that that yellow. Uh, I forget the brand of it, but it, it's like a almost like a lime green, bright neon yellow gum, and it's oh. spearmint gum. Okay. I don't know if you can still buy it, but he would always have it. And then um, I remember riding motorcycles with him out and we'll have to try to all try to find a picture, but I'm probably what, like seven years old, maybe less than that. And I'm out on a little dirt bike motorcycle in the, was it in the sand dunes where we would go? Yeah, we were down in the uh, uh, superstition desert on the other side by Borrego Springs on the other side of the mountains from San Diego. And that's where actually a part of Top Gun was filmed there. And that's where the blue angels train. So that's why you love Top Gun and the Blue Angels. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just had those jet strafes as we're riding through the Badlands. Yeah, I just, I remember you or Grandpa Cook would have to run with me. So I would, I would stay stable on the bike. And then sometimes Grandpa Cook would put me on the big bike with him. And he would take me, take us all around, Taylor and I. And I just remember how fun that was. And we'd all be out there and... Yeah, I can, I can remember when I was about two or three years old, he put me on the gas tank and told me to hang on and crank up and try motorcycle and scare the heck out of me. Okay, so now Grandma, she uh, is, first of all, an amazing cook. She also is a dog lover, which I blame her for my obsession with dogs, as Henley lays, my puppy lays right next to me. She was doing agility, which is where you weaving through the poles and going up and down, I don't know, what, what would you call those, like structures and going through a tunnel? Jumps, tunnels, yeah. ladders. So she was doing agility competitions and she would kind of, she would go to big competitions and compete with Australian yeah. Shepherds. And then she got border collies and now she's into sheep herding. So talk more about that because it's all with 
you don't physically talk to your dog. It's all with a whistle, right? Yep. It's all with a whistle. And uh, this is where the, probably the coaching in our blood is, is from her. And um, she has five border collies. So that just tells you uh, how much she loves dogs. She has five. And it's a blast to go to her house because one border collie wants you to throw the ball. And then if you ignore him, then the next border collie comes up. They just take their turns. You know, they're high, they're, they're high energy dogs. But she trains them, and it's all on whistles, and, they, and it's, uh, they have to take these herds of sheep and move them through gates and move them to different parts of uh, these fields. And it's hard stuff. And if you, if you watch world-class guys doing it, um, like in Ireland and, you know, when they're in, out in the country, and those guys are really amazing. And it takes years to get good to know how to do this and train her dogs. But she has a – uh, a dog right now, a young one, Lad, who's she just said yesterday she com- or she competed this past weekend and won one he won his class and did really well and she trains with these other people. I mean, he's like the five star recruit, I guess. <laughs> and she also has her own sheep, right? Yes. How, so how many does she have now? Because they just had a bunch of babies. Well, that's the beautiful thing about raising sheep is they have twins. So if you have five mama sheeps, you're going to end up with 10 babies. So, <laughs> so she actually had, had, you know, she sells them off. Okay. And she keep, keeps some to herd. She keeps some there or being mamas and then she'll sell off. I don't know which one she, how she decides who, how they sell off, but um, that's kind of how it goes. But they, you know, they multiply really fast because they have twins every year and, so she's got a little shed for him, and, and it's pretty cool. Now, I know you agree oh, with me. Oh, Lauren, and the other thing is, you know, they, they – so not only do you get babies from sheep, but you also get their wool, and she sells their, her, the wool to uh, Pendleton in Oregon, Pendleton Mills, who makes all kinds of blankets, and, and that's what you got for your Christmas. I got you a Pendleton blanket for your, I know. For your there, bed. That is the best Christmas present you've ever given me. It's a huge king size blanket and the, the designs are meaningful and they have a story behind them and it's all handmade. And it, I sleep with that. Th- we sleep with it on our bed every single night. Yeah, they're, they are really cool. So I know you agree with me when I say grandma's a really good cook. What's, what are some of your favorite meals or your favorite meal that she makes? Well, I have to be careful on that because uh, the other night, Wendy made meatloaf. And I said, I, I actually called Grandma Cook and I said, Mom, how, what, what's your recipe for meatloaf? Because when he made some, it just doesn't taste the same. <laughs> so not only did I get, Wendy got mad at me, but, but Grandma Cook got mad at me because she goes, you never question your wife on stuff like that. <laughs> she makes everything great, but I'm not going to get into comparisons. Okay, well, just sh- just tell us some things. Meatloaf's one of them. Doesn't she make like a turkey tetrazzini? The turkey tetrazzini, she makes really good. She makes great cookies, uh, cinnamon rolls, uh, chili. She's just really good cook. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we used to have liver and onions once a week. Oh. <laughs> and that was like, that was like, the, my dad loved that. That was like the best meal. And we would have to hold our nose to eat it. <laughs> What? Tell me one other really good childhood story or childhood memory that you have. Probably one that pops out. We we used to go down in Baja. This is you, you can't really do this anymore. 
We used to go down to Baja, California and camp on the beach and fish and live off eat, uh, fish and eat the fish. That was what, you know, we ate and lived off of. But we would take uh, 22 shells, you know, bullets basically, and trade them for the fishermen that lived on the beaches down there and trade them for lobster and crab. So it was awesome. And talk about seafood. And so we, because those guys needed, you know, they, I don't think they could get ammunition in, in Mexico. So You're probably selling to the drug, Mexican drug cartel. There was none, none of that back then. <laughs> anyway, just camping down there and, you know, it was, you're at the beach all day, fish swimming, riding motorcycles, shooting off fireworks and, and having these incredible fresh seafood. It was, it was camping, you know, it was just, I don't even know if you can do that anymore. Okay. So we're about to wrap up with your favorite lesson, lesson and confession. <laughs> so hopefully you've thought of, of something for this episode, but really quick, we're coming up on our a year mark of doing this podcast, which is incredible. And I said for year two, we would start bringing more guests on each episode. So, or we would bring a guest on for each episode. Who should we, tell me some guests that you would like to have on this podcast to talk to you and I. Guests on the podcast. I mean, volleyball guests or? It can be volleyball. It could be the president. It could be I don't, someone you met someone you are building the house with. I mean, it could be anyone. Oh, I'd love to get with the grain. Um, Kurt would be funny. Kurt would be great. <laughs> Kurt owns with the grain and he is a firecracker. He yeah. should be, he should do stand up comedy. Yeah. He, he would be great uh, just to get and you know, and so just to give you the backstory on that, of course, this house started back in, we went, this process has been going over a year but Kurt brought, I invited Kurt to bring his family out. He's got two young kids in junior high school um, and elementary school to come out to a Nebraska volleyball game and a Nebraska football game. And uh, his son Sawyer is, I believe, an eighth grader. Yep. And so I wanted to get him the full tour before the football game and go to the recruiting breakfast and everything. So we pretended he was a recruit. Well, he's about <laughs> 90 pounds. And <laughs> You know, like not even five feet. Oh, uh, he's he's over five feet. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so they're they're at this recruiting breakfast, and and the other parents and stuff are going to Kurt like, oh, is what, what position does your son play? Well, he's a, he's a really good soccer player. He's been like in some USA stuff. And he says, oh, he's a kicker. So future kicker for the Oscars. <laughs> I mean, he's in with all these huge guys and recruits so but they had a great time and then got to you know experience Nebraska volleyball so Kurt would be one that's a tough question Lauren I would love to get somebody uh like a Jason Metcalf who owns scooters or maybe the people that own the mill or just you know somebody a business person that is very connected uh indirectly with uh, our student athletes they go hang out in those places and frequent those places Somebody like that? Yeah, it's a good question. Let me, I have to think about that a little bit. Uh, we'll open it up to social media. So if you listen to this episode and have an opinion on a guest that we should have on, let us know. Yeah, I'll throw out a couple of others. Uh, business people, very successful business people that I know are huge volleyball fans. Todd Duncan, who owns Duncan Aviation. 
He would be good. He would be awesome. Mark LeBaron, who uh, Lincoln Industries. And I've been on some boards with these guys and just, just seeing how they operate and how they think about things. So, so some leaders like that. Tom Ostergaard does Creek Carriers. Somebody like him would be really cool. I mean, this, those guys are they're business people, they're sports fans, and they love volleyball. And they're very successful. But you know what? who would be better than Todd Duncan is Connie Duncan. Con, Connie would, it, between you and her, I, we, I'd never get a word in. We'd be just you guys' podcast. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. We should have her on. All right. Time for your favorite cook lesson, cook confession. So I'll go first. Uh, cook lesson. You never really lose until you stop trying. And looking back on, on my career, there have been matches where the team I was on lost due to the score, but I know that I gave it my all and my teammates gave it, it, all, gave it their all. So technically, uh, in, in my mind, that's not a loss. But there's also been matches where we win, and I feel like we didn't try or work very hard to win. And I feel like those, even though we won, the scoreboard reflects a win. I feel like it was almost a loss. Yeah, and that's uh, we have a saying in coaching, Lauren, and maybe this could be my lesson is sometimes you win, but you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. That's a great lesson. Yeah. You killed that. See, I'm setting you up for greatness. Good, good. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Now my confession. This one's juicy this month. So, and Jason, my husband jokes that uh, he thinks I'm a serial killer because of <laughs> what I'm about to say because it's so weird, but I used to have to get my feet wet before putting on socks and then shoes. Do you remember this oh, yeah. phase that oh, I went yeah. through? Because yeah. I hated the feeling of socks on dry feet. I, I don't know why. And, and just to clarify, I grew out of this. I no longer do this, but I, I would have to get my feet wet or put like lotion or something on my feet before I would put on socks because I just hated the feeling of dry feet and dry socks. Wow. Good confession. <laughs> so now everyone is going to think I'm crazy, which they probably already do, but that's okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll parlay that into, so before a match, I always have to tie my, put my left sock on, my right sock on, my left shoe on, first tie it, my right shoe on, tie it. I always tie my left shoe and then my right shoe. Never, never reverse it. I'm pretty sure you've already told that one. Oh, okay. Is there any other game day habits? You've, you've talked about the, the shoes and then you've talked about peeing in the same toilet or in the same stall. Oh, I talked about that? Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I would never talk about that. Yes, That's you did like the, our second or third episode and you were talking about, we were talking about superstitions and you said oh. that in between sets two and three, you always have to go in the same stall. Game day routines. Is there anything um, else weird that you do? Oh, I you're talking you have to have Aquafina and you have to have a certain number of Aquafina bottles. Three. So I got one for the map for the first, first two games, one for after the first two games, and then one for post match. And you'll only do Aquafina. Like we have been on road trips before and we run out of Aquafina and poor Lindsay, your director of ops has to run to a store to try to find Aquafina water. That is true. And sometimes she has to go to like four different stores because they, for some reason, they don't carry, the grocery store doesn't carry Aquafina. And so she's running all over town just so you can have your Aquafina water. That's right. She, sometimes she tries to substitute the cheap bottle of water that's like a, you know, best brand or something. And I'm like, I'm not drinking this stuff. So um, that's true. What, why Aquafina? Habit. Habit. You don't prefer the taste or anything? 
Oh, I love the taste. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's just good water and it's just habit and tradition. Lauren, I know we're on, on podcast, but you know what this is? A drill bit. It's called an impact gun. You impact. have to have one of these in construction. I love the sound of this thing. <laughs> these guys, you got to see what they do with these, these things. I mean, it's just incredible how fast they put in screws and, and put things together. This sounds really cool. You got about five guys doing this all over the house. So what do you use that for? Put a flashlight on it. What do you use it for? Screw things together. Put screws in. So you do it on inside the house and outside the house. Do you have any other tools just sitting around that you can show us? Well, they're all in the car. I just brought this one in because Taylor and I were doing something in his house. Okay. So still no, learned, still no Taylor. This, this is like this is like a fundamental thing you got to have this and there's a couple other things belt measuring tape pencil and it's it's like this little crowbar thing you got to have one of those safety goggles uh just wear my glasses sunglasses i've been outside all working i've been on the outside of the house do you have to wear special clothing no no special shoes um no i just wear my tennis shoes and did they give you like a safety crash course? Like here's how not to cut your fingers off? Yeah. When I got to the saw, Kirk came down and said, he gave me a lesson. <laughs> I think that was like his big nightmare is here's Coach Cook working on his house and he's going to cut his hand off on the table saw. So, yeah, there was a big lesson on that one. Yeah, who would be hitting balls at practice if that happens? Yeah, I know. So I'm very, very protective. <laughs> you know, there's – you got to – there's some scary stuff. And the other rule is I don't get to, I don't go on a ladder. Those guys go up on these ladders up there. It's they're nuts. So I, I said, Wendy called in and said, John's not allowed on a ladder. I'm just surprised. Mom hasn't gotten a call saying like from Kurt or one of the other builders, like, Hey, John's driving everyone nuts, asking us questions and talking our ears off and we can't get any work done. No, they, they love it. We, we work and talk. So it's can you get video footage of like can taylor come up there and record you working and then can you post it on social media to prove <laughs> that you're actually doing the work maybe we'll see okay St taylor still is, hasn't popped by no you want me to call him well i told him to stop by because i'm trying to you know set him up through zoom here since we're doing a video call trying to find his future wife but yeah he may be he may have chickened out yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll get a family Zoom call maybe next month. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for the May episode of Conversations with the Cooks. So thank you for your time and thank you all for listening and go Big Red. Continue building houses up there in Wyoming. Be safe. Well, ho hopefully we're going to get the call. We can go back to work. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that. But in the meantime... You know, normally we take the month of May off as coaches so because there's no recruiting. And now they, you know, the recruiting dead period now goes all the way into July. So we can't recruit. We, there's really nothing we can do. We can't, you know, we can't do anything with our athletes. So uh, school shut down. So might as well be trying to get something constructive. But, uh, Lauren, I just want you to know I got notes. I got notebooks. I'm doing a project on the last dance right now. We're having once a week, we have a coaching session. We do video and stuff. It's pretty with Tyler and K 
Kelly and Jalen. So I just want, we're working on volleyball too. It never stops. So yeah, we're, we're excited to unleash whenever we get the opportunity. It, it's like volleyball is your side hustle gig right now, coaching volleyball, yeah. and then building a house is your, your main gig. Yeah. I'm also reading a book, uh, The Future of Leadership, um, by the same author that, that wrote Chop Wood, Carry Water. So I'm about halfway through that. So the wheels never stop turning. You're always giving such great recommendations between, you know, what to pack for lunch, what's in a green smoothie, what books to read. Well, and you never know when you're making a difference, Lauren, because Lexi's son texted me yesterday a picture of this book. It's called Dream Big. And it's, it's not out yet. It's coming out. And she got to preview the first chapter. So she's going to order it and told me about it. So there you go. I talk about these books. Now I got a player who's, you know, is going to read a book called Dream Big. Love, Love it. it. All right. Well, we'll see you all next month. Any parting words? Nope. They just, uh, everybody's got to stay patient, hang in there and work through this thing and make the best of it. And Hopefully we're going to have a volleyball season and that's what we're working toward each day. But right now we focus on winning the day and that's the, the goal uh, for our players. And probably unless they're in Florida, then it's, you know, they're probably winning the night too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that. Thanks for listening. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound designed by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.